Danger, Danger Will Robinson. Many of you recognize that oft-repeated quote from the robot in the old science fiction series that's been rebooted a number of times, Lost in Space. The robot, though he did not speak very often, would often urge Will Robinson to be careful of the danger that was lurking just ahead of them. And my friends, danger should be the warning cry of the church to the lost world. We should be zealous to alert all people to the danger that looms in front of them, ready to be unleashed upon this world at any moment. And rather than affirming wickedness, Rather than imitating the world, rather than peddling prosperity, the church must be shouting in the streets and lifting her voice in the square with a loud and urgent voice to warn about that which God says is very near and coming very quickly. God has warned the world of an impending time of tribulation. This period of time, known as the tribulation, means to crush. That is what tribulation means. It is to crush or it is to put great pressure upon. So this time of tribulation, this time of crushing, this time of pressure will come suddenly and swiftly upon the world. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. It will be sudden. It will be unexpected. The illusion of safety will be shattered by the onset of a time of tribulation. And Jesus says that this tribulation will be a period of time such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. That is Matthew 24, 21. And in the next verse, he tells us that the time will be so intense that unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days have been cut short. The Old Testament prophets spoke of this day quite often. Just a few verses. Isaiah 24, verse 3, the earth will be completely laid waste and completely despoiled. For the Lord has spoken this word. And this is the pattern that we see all throughout scripture. That just before the end, there will be a time of tribulation. As Zephaniah puts it in chapter 1 of verses 16 and 18. A day of wrath. A day of trouble and distress. A day of destruction and desolation. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and the high corner towers. I will bring distress on men, says the Lord, so that they will walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood will be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath and all the earth will be devoured in the fire of his jealousy for he will make a complete end, indeed a terrifying one of all the inhabitants of the earth. My friends, like Noah warned the world so long ago about the flood of water that was about to destroy the earth, 
so we also should be proclaiming, warning the world about the flood of God's wrath that is about to destroy the world. In this day, we are in desperate need of preachers of righteousness, just like Noah was. Bold, fearless, spirit-filled people burdened with a message for those who are perishing. This tribulation looms before us, ever nearer, quickly to come. May the Lord give us a dread within our hearts that anyone would remain unwarned about that day of trouble and destruction. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word tonight and tomorrow and on Sunday and every day. And may it be that many would be snatched out of the fire because of what is spoken here. While we labor earnestly, we labor earnestly, very diligently to see people snatched out of that fire. Friends, I want to remind you that you have peace. If you are in Christ Jesus, you do not need to fear the day that is coming. You do not need to fear this time of tribulation that will be described here. We have been reconciled to God by Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we will be rescued from that wrath that is to come. Paul says we are not in darkness, that that day would overtake us like a thief. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, it is our strong conviction that the church will be caught up, raptured, before this time of tribulation begins. I think... In light of all of this, it is a good reason for us to examine ourselves and see that indeed we are in the faith. Friends, you do not want to experience this tribulation any more than you want to experience the fires of hell. Let the day that is coming motivate you to draw close to God through Jesus Christ, to take refuge in him from the wrath that is to come both upon this earth and upon every soul that does not believe in Jesus Christ. My friend, hear my concern for you. Friends, don't just have all that is presented here tonight on theological cards tucked into your pocket. Don't just have it tucked away in some theological folder in your mind that you do nothing with. Let this affect you. Let this motivate you. Let this bring you to your knees and to the end of yourself and cry out to God. We need a living faith. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We need to recognize that this reality, this period of time, this tribulation is coming. And it is coming very quickly. And that many, many, many souls are in danger. Be concerned for yourself and be concerned for others. And perhaps, if it is the Lord's will, just perhaps he will preserve the teaching of this conference into the tribulation. And that it will be used to instruct many who come to faith during this time. Or maybe there are some who are here tonight or are listening online who are not in the faith and might find themselves in that time and will be instructed in that way. But tonight, as I said, I have been given the massive privilege and the great duty of summarizing, overviewing this time of tribulation for you. And we could go to so many texts. I could take you all over the scripture 
but my time is quickly running out. And so instead of reading Revelation to you at a very fast clip, I decided I get, I'm going to give you an outline. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you an outline that you can easily memorize and that you can remember so that all of the other speakers, as they come up, they will speak on different aspects of this tribulation and you can just flesh out that outline with what they say. So let me give you my outline. It really is very simple. My outline is danger. All you have to remember is that the tribulation is a time of danger. First, we're going to speak about the duration of the tribulation. Next, we're going to speak about the actors of the tribulation. Next, we're going to speak about the nature of the tribulation. Then, we will speak about the goals of the tribulation. Then, we will speak about the events of the tribulation and finish with the resolution of the tribulation. Duration, actors, nature, goals, events, and resolution. I tell you, fairly easy to remember. Just remember the tribulation is a time of danger. So let's start under duration. First of all, the duration of the tribulation. The tribulation period will last for seven years. According to the scripture, it will be a period of time seven years long. Now that's seven years, as Dr. Ice will explain to us in just a few moments, will be split into three, three and a half halves, three and a half year halves. There we go. And so two equal halves of three and a half years apiece. Now, we believe that the scripture means what it says here, that this will be a literal three and a half years and a literal three and a half years to equal a literal seven years. Because all over the place, it calls it seven years. This is the 70th week of Daniel, the the seventh seven of years, the 70th seven of years, excuse me. In Revelation 11, it calls it the 1,260 days equals three and a half years, or 42 months, which equals three and a half years, or a time and times and half a time, which equals three and a half years. It's as if the scripture is daring you not to take it literally. And so we see the scripture all over the place telling us the tribulation will be seven of the most horrible years in the history of the planet Earth. The worst possible thing that has happened before the tribulation won't even compare to what happens during the tribulation. It is going to be a time of horrible distress. The seven most horrible years in the history of the world. That's the duration of the tribulation. Next, we need to speak of the actors of the tribulation. And as we begin this, I want to show you that first and foremost, the actors of the tribulation are primarily God and the Lamb. The actors of the tribulation are God and the Lamb. They are sovereign over everything that happens in the tribulation. God is absolutely sovereign. He is in control. He is always depicted as on his throne. He is ruling Nothing, not one single detail, not a single jot or tittle of what happens during that, tri- that tribulation period is going to happen apart from God's decree and God's allowance. God is in total control. And so then everyone else is just the instrument that God uses to bring the, about the tribulation. 
You have angels who will carry out God's will. You have the Antichrist, the beast from the sea, as Revelation 13 calls him. As Paul calls him, the man of lawlessness, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, the man of lawlessness, whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. He will be raised up. He will be given authority over all of the world. In fact, he will declare himself to be God, and all of the world will go after him. And he will persecute Gentile and Jewish believers. And there's the false prophet in Revelation 13 called the beast from the earth. And he will direct all of the worship of the world to the Antichrist. Then there's Satan working behind the scenes, unmasked at certain points in Revelation, influencing things. He and his demons will be key players in the events. And there's the 144,000. We believe in Revelation 7, 1 through 8, these are 144,000 literal Jewish people who will live during the tribulation. They will be sealed by God for safety, and they will be safe from the Antichrist and from the divine judgments. They will be evangelists, they will preach the gospel, and because of their preaching, multitudes will come to faith. Then there is the nation Israel. God will again turn his attention to the Jewish people during the tribulation. He will rescue them from the persecution of the Antichrist who will seek to destroy them. He will protect them during the great tribulation that lasts three and a half years. And at the end of the tribulation, Zechariah 12 verse 10 says that God himself will pour out his spirit upon Israel and they will mourn over Christ They will mourn for him whom they pierced as one mourns for an only son. Thus, at the end of the tribulation, all Israel, according to Paul in Romans 11, 26, all Israel at that time will be saved. And the final actors in the tribulation are the two witnesses. These two witnesses described in Revelation 11, 1 through 14, are appointed by God. We're not given names. There's a lot of speculation, but they're unnamed. But we know that they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth, equipped with miraculous power by God, and they will be unstoppable until they are killed by the Antichrist. Their bodies will be thrown into the street, and three days later, God will raise them from the dead, and they will ascend to heaven. And this will happen in the sight of all the people of the world. We've talked about the duration of the tribulation. We've talked about many of the actors of the tribulation. Next, we need to talk about the nature of the tribulation. The nature of the tribulation. Now, the world at this time will be characterized by terror. There will be plagues and famines and all kinds of horrible things happening during this time. Revelation groups these into three sets of judgments. The seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments. I'm not going to just go through and list them, but I I just want you to hear some of them. And I want you to hear how this period is going to be characterized as just one after another of these things are poured out upon the earth. Listen to this. False Christ will be prevalent upon the earth. False messiahs are going to come forth and they're going to be everywhere. Wars and rumors of war. You'll turn the television on in the morning. There'll be another war on the news and another one and another one and another one. And rumors of one over here will be constant. 
There will be famines all over the place. There will be earthquakes everywhere. There will be a great persecution. And because of that persecution, there will be apostasy. There will be hail and fire mixed with blood, a great burning mountain thrown into the sea, a great star falling on a third of the rivers and springs, a third of the light from the sun and the moon and the stars blacked out. There will be demonic activity as, demo- as demons are released from the pit and plagues unleashed are unleashed by that army. As the sea turns to blood, loathsome and malignant sores appear, rivers and springs become blood. And the sun scorches men with fire. This will be ecological disaster on a scale that is completely unprecedented. Unlike anything we have ever seen. Jesus describes this. Luke 21 verse 25. He says, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars And on the earth, dismay among nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Yet at several points in Revelation, John notes that men will blaspheme. They will blaspheme God, he says, who has the power over these plagues and they will not repent so as to give him glory. It's Revelation 16, 9. It's hard to even imagine. They know, they know that these plagues are from God. They know that these things are dealt out by the hand of God. They declare God's sovereignty, but they will not give him glory or bow down to him. That leads us to the goal of the tribulation. The duration, the actors, the nature, the goal of the tribulation. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 says that this is an hour of testing that is about to come upon the whole world to test those who are on the earth. This tribulation will complete the appointed time of punishment for the Jewish nation's unfaithfulness and their rejection of Jesus Christ. During this time, God will bring the Jews to repentance and belief in Jesus Christ This will end what is known in Scripture as the time of the Gentiles. And God will punish as well the wicked people of this earth for their sins against God. And all I'm going to say here is, friends, do you see how ripe this world is for this? Do you see how ripe it is? They are quickly filling up the measure of their sins The world is quickly looking like it did in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, before the flood, when the thoughts and intentions of men's heart are are always evil continually. And with the rapture of the church, and with the influence of the Holy Spirit-filled people removed from the earth, the people will quickly descend and spiral into even more wickedness left to itself to do all of the evils that their hearts desire, this world will spin into wickedness. And the worldly false churches that remain during the tribulation will be there to soothe the consciences of the world and to affirm them in their wickedness. Like the leaders in Germany, like the church leaders in Germany during World War II, these church leaders, so-called church leaders, I believe, will quickly bow the knee to the Antichrist. That brings us to the events of the tribulation. 
The tribulation will start, as I said, after the catching up, the rapture of the church. And that's described for us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. The Antichrist, according to Daniel chapter 9, 27, will start off the tribulation, I believe unwittingly, by confirming a covenant with Israel for seven years. And then after three and a half years, at the midpoint of the tribulation, we have several events that happen. The Antichrist, according to Revelation 13, 3 and 4, will be mortally wounded and brought back to life, causing all the world to follow and worship him. Around that time, Satan will be cast out of heaven. According to Daniel 9, 27, then the Antichrist, halfway through, will break the covenant with Israel, put an end to sacrifice, and set up an abomination of desolation within the temple sanctuary itself, within the very holy of holies. Beast will require everyone to worship him. He will place an image of himself in the temple and require the world to worship him, Revelation 13, 5. He will require the mark of the beast to buy, trade, or sell, Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And we're told in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 4, that the Antichrist will exalt himself above every so-called God, excuse me, every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple displaying himself as being God. And then he will persecute the Jews. It'll be a great, horrible persecution. And saved Israelites will heed Jesus's warning to flee the city Matthew 24, 15 through 20, he warns them when they see these things happen, when they see the desolation in the temple, flee, run, get out. And they will then run and be protected by God three and a half years in the wilderness, nourished by God for the remainder of the tribulation. Then at the end of the tribulation, the kings of the whole world will be gathered together for war on the great day of God. Revelation calls it the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. And scripture says they will be gathered to Har-Mageddon. So how does it end? We've seen that its duration will be seven years. We've seen the actors are primarily God and the Lamb, and everyone else is just instruments of them. We've seen the nature of the tribulation, a time unlike any other in world events. Uh, The goal of the tribulation will be for the Jewish people to repent and come to Christ and to punish the rest of the world for their sins. The events of the tribulation, many things happening throughout those seven years, all revolving around the Antichrist and Israel. Finally, we get the resolution of the tribulation. Christ appears in glory. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus describes this. In verse 29, he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Here is Christ returning. Here is the second coming of our Lord and Savior. Here is the stone from Daniel 2 coming to crush the Gentile kingdoms. Christ will destroy his enemies. All Israel in that day will be saved, Zechariah 12.10, which I've already quoted. And then Christ will begin his millennial reign 
and he will reign for a thousand years over a peaceful kingdom from his throne in Israel. And so in the few moments that we have remaining, I have seven applications. Can you believe that? Seven applications. I'm really just going to read them to you. My friends, first of all, I want you to know that we should study the tribulation because God told us about it. We should study it just because it is in his word. God could have written so many other things to us, yet he chose that a lot of the scripture would be about that day. And so it's important for us to know, to study, to take in. It's important for us to believe and even for us to preach. My friends, I would also have you to study the tribulation to make yourself more urgent. Let this motivate you to preach the gospel. And my friends, if the tribulation is as bad as we've seen it is, and I believe it's worse than I've been able to describe it, how much worse is the lake of fire? How much worse is hell? Study the tribulation to catch fire, no pun intended, to catch fire for the saving of souls, to preach the gospel and see conversion. Number three, study the tribulation to make us sure of the justice of God. Be sure of the justice of God as you read about the tribulation. Because you see, God is holy. He will punish sin. And even though in this moment, so very often it looks like sinful people get away with sin. The tribulation reminds us that there is going to be judgment dealt out upon the wicked world. We can cry out to God, thankful that he will bring about justice. Study the tribulation to remember that God is in control. He is absolutely sovereign. He is over all things. Nothing happens apart from his will. Study the tribulation number five, to be motivated to holiness. Let this day motivate you to live as God has told us to live, to seek that power from God, to live and walk according to his spirits. Study the tribulation, my friends, to conquer the fear of death, that death has no hold on us, that as soon as we leave this body, we are united with Christ. To close our eyes here is to open them there and study the tribulation finally to persevere now. Though times might be hard, though you might be facing trial, and affliction and temptation of all sorts. Look at this day that is coming and let it set your heart on fire with zeal and passion, with a firm and steadfast belief in God and stand firm. Be steadfast and be patient, my brethren, until the coming of the Lord. This tribulation is looming right in front of us. It's near and coming very quickly. As I said, it will be a time of danger, a time of crushing judgment, of severe pressing down and pressure. My friend, I'll end with this. 
Are you safely in the ark of Christ? If you're not, then please recognize your danger and repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And he is able to deliver you and to save you to the utmost and give you eternal life, hope, and peace. Father, bless the preaching of your word. Bless Dr. Ice as he comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.